0: Are you ready for an epic adventure? I'm your host Steve Kellums, and welcome to the Epic Adventure Podcast. On this episode, of you heard it here last, we have a couple of tidbits to discuss. First, Foundry VTT has officially partnered with Wizards of the Coast to offer D and D Five E. That's interesting, Mike. You're a big Foundry fan. Thoughts on that? Couple thoughts. Um,
1: one, the most interesting thing to me is that. You know, Foundry actually has been partnering at getting official partnerships from games I actually play, such as Pathfinder um, and Call of Cthulhu. So mm. from that perspective, congrats to the Foundry guys. I know they work real hard. They've got an insane product. It's got its, got its, its positives and negatives, but honestly, it is it, it, they do a great job over there. And the community support for Foundry is amazing. Will it cause me to play D&D? Yeah, probably not. But it's, you know, kudos to those guys. As for what it means for D&D itself, and specifically Wizards of the Coast and their various plans, who knows? It just, I find it surprising.
0: Well, I mean, it's interesting because D&D has been working so hard on their own virtual tabletop. They talked about how this supposedly looks great. They're ready for it to come out. It's right on the verge of of being launched, uh, at least in business sense. Then Foundry, a competitor for that, they're actually licensing them out to this competitor and allowing them to do some things with it, too. That seems pretty strange to me. What about you, Christina?
2: Yeah, it's not what I expected. Um, what it says to me is that DND one is going to be a different system from 5e. So they're licensing the old system. So they can still make some kickbacks from 5e while the majority of people are going to be playing 1. I'm guessing they're going to be substantially or at least different enough that they can consider them two different products.
0: I hadn't thought about that. What do you think on that, Mike?
1: Yeah, I mean, that actually makes a lot of sense. The implementation that they have on Foundry, from what I've seen so far, I haven't really, I haven't dived into it that much, but it looks really solid. And as long as they maintain that official support, because that's the thing about Foundry, is every time there's a new version, you've gotta you've gotta update your uh, you know your your package. Um as long as they maintain that official support, I could see a lot of five e players continuing to play five v on Foundry. But I don't expect that it's enough people that it's gonna affect the you know d and d one player base in terms of like numbers or sales or anything like that. I think it's in their best interest to do this because it's clearly something that's going to go over well with the community and they need all the help they can get in that department.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that right now. Wizards of the Coast could help use all the help they can get. Now, the next piece of news, though, interesting is kind of going away from that a little bit, is that Joe Manganiella has been talking about or at least alluding to his new live action Dragonlance series for over a year now. He's been teasing it and talking about it at at a low level, you know, secret program or secret uh, show that he's really producing, but everybody knew what it was. And then he comes out last week and announces that it is officially dead, that Hasbro has sold sold one entertainment arm to Lionsgate, that Dragonlance is a part of that, and now the Dragonlance series is dead. Christina, were you a fan of Dragonlance?
2: I never actually read Dragonlance. It was one of those that I knew a lot of people that read it, but I, I never actually did. I've definitely heard about this project going on in the background just through the D&D circles, but yeah, I never actually read it.
0: <laughs> See, I'm with you. It was one of these touchstones of D and D that I just never got into, so it's not something that was really terribly important to me. But it seemed like such a huge portion of the D and D community. It seemed like something that would again kind of elevate or push D and D out and in, out into the public. Mike, what about you? Big fan of Dragonlance?
1: No, not really. I have you know extreme levels of uh, admiration and respect for. Tracy Ekman and Margaret Weiss who, and some of the other sort of old school fantasy authors who really helped make the D&D worlds what they were. But they're not my style. Like, I've never liked any of the campaign worlds with the occasional exception of Forgotten Realms for D&D. The fantasy is just so... It's... it's I don't know. It's a meme at this point. And the worlds just absolutely drive me nuts. I hate them with intense passion.
0: So... Not really my thing. Not really been following
1: this particular story.
0: I think this kind of spawned a whole new genre of fiction now. Progressive fantasy, I think, is what they call it now that kind of has this uh, growing up or moving through very... D&D like novels. And I think that Dragonlance kind of kicked that off. And the excitement there was, uh, you know, palpable, you could really feel Joe Manganiello's excitement about this. And I always think it's good to have showrunners that are really into the source material, because you get some interesting things there. So hearing it fall, fall away on on that part is, is a little bit sad. But you know, again, I think there's gonna be a lot of people are gonna be upset by this. But you know at the same time I'm not sure how it affects the overall uh, the overall gaming industry if you will so there you have it a few things that uh, of course you definitely heard it here last Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Reach out and connect with us by going to oddfishgames.com. And don't forget, have an epic adventure.